everybody, welcome to TRB. It is the Resistance Broadcast. The football season is over, so now you can refocus all of your attention back to the nerdy good stuff that we like to do here, which is talk about Star Wars and James. Uh, a lot talked about on TRB Live, or as people know it as our Friday episode, uh, in terms of the news and stuff like that. We did touch on the future of Disney+, Plus, but... Let's take a look back on this episode at the stuff we have gotten over the last five years and sort of give our takes on, uh, you know, did it live up to our expectations, hits, misses, that, that sort of stuff. But before that, we got to talk about the Super Bowl, dude. First right. off, what did what, you do for the Super Bowl? I uh, had some family over and we just watched it at my house, which I don't have like cable. So we had to like look into if that was even possible and, and it was streaming on Paramount Plus. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I've got that. There too. you go. Uh, do you ever get lag on uh, Paramount Plus with live sports or anything? Um, No, I mean, I don't watch anything on Paramount Plus for sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no lag on Apple TV and there's no lag on Peacock. So that's good. I don't think there's lag on Peacock. I don't watch that as much, and I'm not as focused on those games because that's um, European, but right, um, it right. seems like it's fine. Well, I'll just say, uh, yeah, I went to my buddy's place, and uh, my wife isn't into football, so usually she's like, you just go, and you know, I'll, I'll hang back. Um, but uh, So it's a good time to go over there and hang out and see friends and all that. Um, I, I just can't believe that that team won. You know, it was, it's it's crazy to think about that the season's now over they won uh, i'm not sure if people expected them to win but the fact that they won the super bowl right. uh obviously a, a huge deal i was surprised because i was rooting for the one and then the other one won and i was I know. like oh and just what, crazy just when you think that you know the momentum is going to be with the one team then they come in and they're like no this is our game and that's the end of it yeah and, and it was wild like Taylor Swift's got a lot of emotions going on today, you know. A lot of emotions. Of the results, today. you know, right. obviously. Right. It's it's hard to contain, you know. It's just it, it's a part of the game. It's a human element mm-hmm. of the game. And uh, whether you're a player or you're someone closely connected to a player in that big of a moment on that stage, it's gonna the emotions are gonna are gonna get a hold of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So congrats to the Super Bowl champs. Uh, well earned. And then we'll see what happens uh, next year. But of course, it's time to turn our attention on this Monday to Star Wars, James. Uh, So why don't we do what we do best here and kick things off with our first segment? I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. You know it. And you hopefully love it. It is our segment, Will of the Force. This is a segment where we pitch questions and guess whether something will or will not happen in the Star Wars universe, if you will. Um, But uh, in addition to the questions that we are pitching ourselves, we also asked TRB Patreon supporters if they would like it to make it on the show. Just submit your questions, uh, you know, on our Patreon, and if uh, we'll pick them out. We'll send them and put them, make them part of the show. Uh, we'll add them to the segment. Um, just like uh, our commander, Chris Beach, 
who sent All in right. uh, our first question for this week. Uh, Patreon submission, uh, Commander Chris Beach said, will Lucasfilm or Disney do the same as DC Batgirl film and scrap upcoming projects after production for tax releases. Now, <laughs> I'm going to start this one off and I'm going to say no. And the reason I think that is, is because um, for, it's sort of twofold thing. I think Lucasfilm very specifically is very precious on what they're putting out. If they've made it that far into the thing, they know exactly what they're making. And I don't think they're going to do what DC Batgirl did, which is um, they sort of looked at the thing and they just said, this sucks. Like it's not worth releasing. We ended up putting something together and it's just not um, right. It's not good. And I think that's that's the the other thing. Um, the 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 second reason is just um, I mean it's it's nothing crazy. It basically just is like for that reason. Like I think even if Lucasfilm did put something together and it did not come together the way they they would like, I think that they. Um, they will scrap something that isn't coming together early in the project. But if it is near the end of the project, I think. Disney and Lucasfilm very specifically would release that thing, even if it wasn't great. But I think that most of their stuff is well beyond what the DC Batgirl movie was. I think like when it really gets to that point, I think they look at the project and they go, this money, the money we're going to make from this is not even enough to like recoup the the tax or whatever so mm -hmm. it makes more sense to just give it up for a tax loss john what do you think i i don't know how all that works with like how much they pay on tax but once they dis uh, distribute or you know whatever um the you know the cost to the exhibitors and how much theaters take and all that but uh tongue-in-cheek here but you know lucasfilm cancels their stuff way before that uh, yeah. the, 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 when Lucasfilm cancels stuff, it's way early on. It's announce it, wait a few years, don't talk about it again ever. That's the, usually how they cancel stuff. So I think when Lucasfilm gets things into production and they're filming, it's like, all right, here we go. We're actually, we're making this. Yeah. And then once that's happening, that thing's going to be made. It's going to be made well, and it's going to come out. I think like Lucasfilm's problem is the opposite. DC's like, yeah, we make this stuff. And then we're like, nah, never mind. It's like when you make, like you're at home and you're like, I'm going to make an omelet. And you like make something and then you're like, you burn it. You just went and throwing it in the garbage. That's like DC. But Lucasfilm's like, ah, I keep forgetting to go out and buy the eggs. And then eventually they get the eggs and then they make the omelet and it's a really good omelet, but it takes them a while to get to that point to make it. So it's like the opposite. So I don't think that's ever going to be Lucasfilm's problem. Usually it's getting to the starting line, it seems like. So I'm going to say no. If Lucasfilm makes something, it's usually going to be pretty good by the end. Uh, and it's coming out. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I also don't know. Um, whatever ha didn't. You know what? I'm not even going to bring it up. I was going to say, I feel like... Um, there was production that was done on droid story and then we haven't heard anything about it, but I think that just might've been speculation on what Anthony was working on. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, well, it, it could have been so many other things, but 
Uh, but anyway, I was thinking, yeah, if the question is like, would Lucasfilm put money into a production and then when it turns out that it's not worth releasing, they just sort of like don't talk about it anymore? That might have happened with Droid Story if they in fact did something with it. But I, I again, I think that might have just been speculation on what yeah, um, was being worked on I mean, at the time. Batgirl's like a, a theatrical live action. Absolutely. Yeah, it's totally. It is something yeah. different. Um Man, the, I like that. And uh, what was the other one they did? Uh, the second Scooby Doo movie. Oh, right. That got taken down, right? Um, and um, actually, another one that's kind of interesting is the Acme movie with Wiley e. Coyote. That got canceled okay. too? It got, it got um, finished. And then they uh, wrote it off for tax purposes, but there was a bunch of backlash around it uh, because of how the studio approached um, like, Oh, this was such a disappointment. We put a lot of effort and work into this and and this happened. And I actually think that there has been a resurgence um, in them possibly selling that to another uh, distributor. So see the life of day, the light Mm. day. (laughs) I said the life of day. Uh, Want to move on to another question, though? Yeah, let's do it. I kind of agree on that one. Sorry about that, uh, Commander Chris. I don't know if you... Uh, I mean, I guess that's good news for us, right? For Star Wars fans. Yeah. Um, the next question, though, is will Jon Favreau's The Mandalorian and Grogu movie gross more than $500 million at the global box office? John, I'm going to ask you this question first, but I'm also going to throw out there, too. Uh, I forgot to bring it up on the live show. I did do a little bit of research while we were live. I could not find that logo in any actual official capacity. Me neither. Yeah. And so so I am kind of curious if that was like, you know, when people like make a fake video and then they like let it roll for a while before they eventually announce that it is. I feel like whoever created that logo might have like be sitting back like i can't believe this is blowing up as big as it is people think this is the real logo and it's i didn't like it honestly no it's pretty tepid it's just like words in in that font lined right or whatever and you know that's it but But yeah i off balance and stuff i i wasn't a fan of it i was like that's not a very good logo i kind of get to see that james was referring if you've been online at all especially social media there's like this basically this text version of the title the mandalorian and grogu uh that a lot of people i guess were assuming was some official you know logo or what have you yeah the official logo Um, of the movie first look at the but as far as we know you know no official sources have posted that so it's very interesting but anyway do I think John Favreau's The Mandalorian and Grogu movie will gross more than five hundred million at the global box office? I'm gonna say yes. Uh, I don't know by how much more than that, but I could see it in the six hundred million range, um, and I'd be pleasantly surprised if it's more. I think the Grogu phenomenon will be a factor. I think people will bring their kids to go see it. Uh, it's possible it could be a multiple viewing type of thing if it's good. Um, so it will hinge upon if it's good. I believe in John Favreau. The guy churns out, he has churned out multiple billion dollar box office. I know we're in a different world now, but north of 500, I'm going to say yes. What about you? It's a strong line for an over under. And honestly, if I'm looking, I at almost this, put I- it at, I almost put it at 600. 
Really? And I was like, James is going to say no, so let me drop it to 500. <laughs> I think I'm still saying no. Oh, you're going under 500? Yeah. I look, dude. I'm look, I I've said this a million times on the show. I I'm excited to see the Mandalorian and Grogu go to theaters. I just think it's a stupid it's a stupid move. I don't I don't understand it. I'm having trouble understanding it. Like I know I pay for Disney Plus. I know I pay for all the streaming services and they're expensive, but they feel like they're free. And so what I'm saying is you've given me a lot of the Mandalorian and Gogu for free and now you want me to pay for it. I know me. I know what I will do. I, if I were the general audience, I would probably look at that and just be like, I've seen that. Or, or so, like, I don't have any interest in that. I never watched the show. I'm not interested in going. I know Sex in the City made a lot of money, but like I wasn't interested in going to see that movie because I didn't watch the show, you know? And I, I really think that's a thing. And I think that Disney and Lucasfilm currently have been making weird decisions. And I think this is a random push to be like, we need to freaking make money. And it's like, that's, I don't know that that's going to work. I think that this movie is going to make its budget back by a lot. They'll probably put, a hundred and something million into it. And then with, um, what, what is it? Um, not P and L, but, um, the advertising P and stuff, P and A. Yeah. When they do that stuff, it'll probably come out to about $200,000 or 200 million would be the budget for the movie ultimately. But then when they double that money by doing like 400, 450, maybe getting close to 500, I think that they're going to be like, Hey, cool. This, this worked. Um, and it's not the lowest Star Wars movie we've ever done because that would still probably be solo. So it's not going to get those headlines. It's going to mm. get that it did exactly what it did. You know, I, I don't, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. If it does like a billion dollars, then whatever. We'll see. Yeah. I don't you're, know. You're, it's a, you're quite, you're quite, quite the pessimist today. Am I? <laughs> no, I said, <laughs> no. I said Disney's doing good stuff. Yeah. Um, for the for Lucasfilm projects generally putting into their production. Well, let's see. Uh, we have another uh, cool question from one of our patrons. We do, specifically one of our generals. Uh, oh. Our general, Frank Grande, sent in the question, will we ever see a member uh, or a Padawan of Luke's Jedi Academy in live action during the Mandalorian era? I'm going to toss this one over to you first. Any chance do you think that they're going to, I'll just say, go down that route? We already have. Right. I mean, I, I, I thought the exact same thing, but I assume that's so, not an option. Obviously Ben Solo, but yeah, I have a feeling that Grogu's still going to end up there. I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I know Lacey doesn't like this, but I know how these Westerns go and I just have a feeling there's a chance the Mandalorian could die. And Grogu may go on to, you know, continue training and he trains under Luke, but he escapes and he gets out and he goes into two, exile and hiding or something. So two massive tragedies. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. So uh, uh, other than that, I don't know in the Mandalorian era if we would. It's a great question, Frank, because it's just so open because we don't know who else was at besides that comic. There were a few, I don't know if they named them, the Ben Solo comic, mm -hmm. the uh, Rise of Kylo Ren. 
I don't remember if the, if they had names or whatever, but I mean, they, there were some that like survived the night and like yeah, yeah. tracked him down. So I mean, like I, I I remember those characters, and I I'm I would be pretty surprised if they didn't have names. I don't remember their names off the top of my head, but, but I, they had like full arcs. So yeah, and Mando era, they would have to be a lot younger. I don't know. It's it's a tough question. I still think Grogu is a chance, but if you if we're saying like let's not speculate on him, uh, I'm gonna lean no. Because I think, I don't know how much more Luke we're going to get in this Mando era. And it's already so saturated with so many characters that to focus on that, I don't know if that's the the way they're going to go. So I'm going to say no. Um, I'm, I'm, I I was tough. Starting this question, I was going to say no. I'm now leaning yes. And I think the reason is, is because I think that the Mandalorian has already introduced us to Luke once and we were like, yeah, but that's probably all we're ever getting. And then the book of Boba Fett came right in and we're like, nope, we are doing this. This is a character in the Mandalorian universe and we are going to continue doing it. So I do think we are going to continue to see more Luke. And I think that the further we get down the line, um, whether it's the Mandalorian and Grogu movie uh, versus beyond that, where it's like, that culmination event, which at this point may have more to do with Thrawn and Ahsoka. And I get that, but if the Mandalorian and Grogu and some of the other players are involved, that's just another opportunity for Luke to be there with some of his students, you know? And it's like, I just think that's a cool opportunity to have like a lot of people with, uh, with guns, a lot of people with weapons, a a lot of people with lightsabers, you know, it just sort of adds up as this, um, this uh, fight against uh, Thrawn or whoever the, the villain of Mandalorian and Grogu is going to be. I, I just think it, it's a, it's an option. I think they could do it. And, um, and I think it, it also brings in that thing where like, remember we were talking about like, how are you going to get butts and seats? Well, Rogue One was like, we have a really great movie, but we also need the Darth Vader. Like, I think you have a really great movie, but just putting a trailer out there where it shows like Luke, like deep fake Luke, you know, or whatever. I think like that could really cause people to be like, I freaking got to go see that movie. You know, so, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm talking myself over uh, more than 500 million. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> let's move on to the last will the force question here. And this is going to be, will any of the bad batch appear in live action events that take place after season three? Now my gut off the top of my head is no. I don't think that we're going to see um bad batch characters in live action really at any point um i just don't i don't know how you could do it and i don't know where they would show up and the only thing that makes any sense to me is if they eventually do go down that route of like the jedi survivor thing that you if Mm. you're doing the movie or you're doing the tv show that's like the place where they could show up but it kind of it, it also feels like a little bit like they're shoehorning something. So I don't know. What do you think, John? Bad batch after season three in live action? I for some reason it I don't know what the numbers are like because it's Disney Plus, but it feels like people have really taken to the bad batch. And I think part of that's probably not even as much Omega as it is the humanization of these clones. And I know we got that with Rex and 
a, few, a bunch of others, but there's something about these guys and how quirky they are, but they're this family uh, that's different to me. It's not like, well, Rex is like really close. He, he cares about Ahsoka or whatever. This is like this tight knit group. And I just, and you got Tim Morrison. He's still in the mix. It wouldn't entirely surprise me if down the road, maybe Mando era or something, if there was a cameo of one of the surviving or if they, even if they all wind up, you know, surviving, I mean, we still don't know what is going on with tech, but you see like an older version of crosshair or, uh, you know, hunter or something, you know, something popping in quickly. So the fans Mm -hmm. would be like, Oh my God, there he is. He's still, you know, I think that could be cool. Sort of like almost like the Obi-Wan like thing where you saw the soldier. You have changed on the side. Yeah. Yeah. And you're kind of yeah. like, oh, is that Rex? And everybody was, you know, and it's like, it wasn't Rex, but like they could easily make a character actually. Yeah. Or if you, you yeah. see, you see a clone that has like the Rambo headband in the background walking by and, you know, you're like, oh, <laughs> there he is. Yeah. They, yeah. So uh, I'm just going for, for, for the sake of fun, it's probably unlikely. I'm going to say yes. I think there's a chance. I think there is. Right. And I think because it's the whole Tamara Morrison thing. So you're Jim Carrey right now. One in a million. So you're saying <laughs> there's a chance. One in a million, Mary. <laughs> Samsonite. Yeah. I was way off. Yeah. I watched that movie for the first time uh, this year. Dumb like and Dumber? The past couple months. Yeah. I no knew way. parts of it, but I'd never like sat down and was like, I'm going to watch this movie. And now I know, like, I understand the storyline a little bit better. And oh, stuff. my God. It's so funny. It's still funny to me. I still love that movie. I've actually done that with a lot of like random recent movies, uh, or, or I'm sorry, a lot of random old movies that I was like, I've never seen this, and I'm just gonna put this on. I feel like one of them was one that you even suggested. Oh, it was uh, Hot Shots? No, no, uh, no, not sorry. No, no, no. Uh, no I'm sorry, not Airplane. Hot Shots. No, um, the baseball one. Major oh, Major League. League. Yeah, never seen that. Yeah. And then yeah, Major League is it. fun. Weird movie. Didn't think it would be like what it is at all. Hmm. Interesting. Tom Berenger. Um, hey, that's it for right. Will of the Force. We had a couple questions, a couple from patrons. Um, we threw them around, tossed it out. We want to know what you guys think. Send them over uh, in the, uh, send over your opinions in either like the comment section or just like on social media, whatever. Get back to us. Tell us where we were wrong or tell us if we were 100% right. But either way, we're going to move on to the discussion this week. And John can tell us what we're going to be talking about, even though we already did it at the top of the episode. But here we go. Discussion. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right, so yeah, Thursday on our last episode, we sort of speculated on what the future of Disney Plus for Star Wars is going to be because Bob Iger is clearly making shifts. You know, Moana series now going to theaters as Moana 2. Lando, obviously, they announced that as a series. Stephen Glover said that's a movie now. Donald Glover's talking about it as a movie now. Uh, Things are shifting away from Disney Plus. So let's look back now on what we have gotten in because we're believe it or not the mandalorian debuted five years ago on disney plus this year uh so here we are having seen six seasons of four different live action star wars series uh, spans many different tones from the silly to the serious and everything in between uh 
So, James, let's talk about it. Is Star Wars TV, specifically live action here, what we were expecting going in? Uh, do we like the variance in the tones between an Andor and a Book of Boba Fett? Uh, what's the good, bad, and the ugly? Um, so let's look back on it. So I'm mixed on the Disney Plus stuff because I'm still of the belief that even though Star Wars was created um, with uh, a lighthearted campiness in mind, at the same time, George Lucas was always pushing the envelope to make it the best and keep improving and using the most state-of-the-art techniques, pushing the envelope for special effects. And I feel like that didn't happen with the Disney Plus shows. Um, I think many would even say disappointing in terms of you know what they did. And I'm not blaming ILM because ILM is the best. ILM is the pinnacle. ILM is the summit when it comes to... Uh, their legacy and the established brand of special effects. But there are clearly budget constraints that tied their hands a bit and they had to lean on certain things like, you know, the stagecraft and maybe cutting some corners from budget perspectives. And which, um, which very quickly, to be fair, is probably the one exception in my mind is that 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 stagecraft and that technology has absolutely revolutionized Hollywood and how and how things are being filmed. Oh yeah, yeah. Even major movies, the Batman used it heavily. You know, like yeah. there's But the, even like, just down to like literally commercials for products and stuff. Sure, like sure. people are using that technology. Um, just like it, it set a new standard for like, hey, this is here, and everybody's like, oh, that's we can do that now. Yeah, absolutely. So mm -hmm. you're seeing it a lot more than you think you're seeing it in like everyday content that just is like a commercial oh, or whatever. 100%. That being yeah. said, sometimes the volume misses and other than the volume, not really anything else. So I hear Yeah. Yeah, and but but also the fact that they have to construct a lot of these stories based around that volume. Um right. the one that stands out to me the most is I forget the name of the planet but sort of where the pocket of the rebellion was hiding out in Obi-Wan felt very claustrophobic to me. And it felt like it was constructed based on the volume, like that show more than anything. And I know people are going to say like, well, you know, COVID and stuff. And I, you know, I, I get it, you know, but that show felt Obi-Wan felt almost like I was watching a play sometimes where you're like, I know this is a big story, but I feel like this is a stage and, you know, that's supposed to be the moon, but I know it's not. And, you know, that it, it just felt very claustrophobic to me in a lot of areas where I remember going into that series saying, like, they can't miss on this series. Like, this is Obi-Wan. People have been wanting this for 15 years uh, at least. Um, and I feel like that one didn't live up. So I think that's the one that stings the most. Um, so, and then when I hear stuff about season two, as much as I love you and McGregor in the role, I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. So I, you know, when I look at th that, that's the first thing that stands out is like, man, like, cause even Boba Fett, I was like, I didn't go into Boba Fett expecting like this has to, they have to nail this one. Boba Fett to me was like, this is a bonus. Like Boba yeah. Fett, it's turns good out he didn't. He didn't die, so we get to check him out now and see where he's at, and we get some more adventures with Boba Fett. Cool. Check that. 
there's a lot of the Boba Fett stuff I liked. Some of it I didn't like, but it was never how it was produced. Some of it was story. And that's a part of this discussion too. Um, Andor, I think, great achievement from a production standpoint. Uh, well-written, great. I don't think it reached all fans because it has a, it's a niche focus. It's more adult-driven. Uh, I don't think kids are watching it. I don't know if general fans are watching it, but still great achievement. And then you have Mando, which is the flagship, which has been you know hit or miss depending on story, not so much uh, the effects for me. So there's so many different nuances to how I'm looking at this. Overall, I will say... I don't think it has lived up to my expectations. And I know that sounds whiny and, you know, entitled, but I think Star Wars has been so great. And the way George Lucas has always driven his train forward is to always keep innovating, inventing, being the being the one that sets the bar, not the one that is trailing behind. That's how I went into this thing, like. It has to meet his standard, and I don't think that it would. It did, so that's why I sit here saying I don't think it's lived up to what I had expected because I always put Star Wars at the top, um, and that might be my fault. But I mean, no one would argue with me that that's not how George Lucas operated. He always wanted to make the next technology and make things look as unbelievable as possible and push those envelopes. And I feel like with some of this stuff, they took, they had to reel it in a bit. Um, and I know there's budget constraints and there's only so much you can do. And Disney only gives you a certain amount for these shows, but you still made these shows. So you have to be evaluated upon the shows. To me, if I'm standing here today, I don't think it's lived up to the expectation I had going in overall. Yeah, it's, um, Man, there's so much to say. I don't, I, you know, it's hard to because know where I don't say one more begin. thing because you know I'm a, I'm a Game of Thrones fan. I love mm-hmm. that show, and that set the bar for how big shows can be made. Um, but then I think about other shows, Stranger Things. I think that does did a great job, and I never sat there scratching my head about that. And I'm not even. We can talk about the stories too, but right now my brain's thinking production, and I don't think Star Wars lived up to what what standard it set for itself for the last 40 plus years. Yeah. I, I, I would probably say that, you know, it depends on what, what I'm looking at it. If you were to say like, just does the star Wars show uh, meet the standards of what you think star Wars should be? I think you're saying, no, I'm actually sort of saying, yeah, I think they did like live up to, um, like these feel like Star Wars stories and Star Wars shows. And like what I would be disappointed with is like if they release something that was like um, Friends, but then it was set in the Star Wars world. You know what I mean? Like definitely they could have done things with Star Wars television or Star Wars this that like like a sitcom or something, you know? And it, like obviously that doesn't work at all. And part of me goes like when I look at the stories, I was like, yeah, you know, some of like the Mandalorian is spread out over eight episodes, but somehow if you were to rework it, the same show would be like a two hour movie. And I feel like I would be like, that's a freaking star Wars movie. You know, that just feels very, everything feels very star Wars. Same for Obi-Wan, same for Boba, same for Andor. All those things feel very star Wars to me, even though they take different tones at times, they never really totally missed what 
Star Wars is supposed to be. And I feel like if they cared less and they were just like, yeah, let's make money, they probably would have signed a lot of deals like in a weird way, almost sort of like the holiday special sort of thing where like they just totally miss what it's supposed to be. So I've, I do feel like we did a good job in that regard of like understanding what Star Wars is supposed to be. And each one of the shows have felt like Star Wars stories to me. I I don't feel the way I feel as much about the story element of it. For me, it's from the production standpoint. Right. I'm answering from the story from like, okay. from the perspective of, um, do these shows feel like Star Wars to you? Or were they successful in that regard of like, I can watch a show and be like, what even is this? This feels more like Doctor oh, Who well, than it does Star Wars. If I close my eyes and you tell me these stories, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's Star Wars. That's in the pocket. I think it's how it was presented visually is the thing that's holding me back the most. There are, I do have issues with some of the story stuff. This might be a hot take for some people. I thought the Tusken Raider stuff was a big mistake with Boba Fett. I thought that whole thing, I get what they're going for. Uh, you know, native people and, you know, they're being, uh, you know, trampled on and, you know, all that stuff. But I I just thought that was a very odd thing. The whole, you know, Boba Fett saying like, ride it like a Bantha. I thought that was all very odd. Uh, you know, Mando with the Lizzo stuff and there's some of the stuff I'm scratching my head at, but overall, you know, the story stuff I think was pretty good. I actually think, which story do you think was, um, and or is it probably your favorite from a story perspective, right? Or is it Mando? Um, yeah, that's tough. Pro- probably Andor. And then Mandalorian, Obi-Wan, I think, the least- I think is very cool for what seems to be like they're setting up in their own little space. But I think Andor is the one that sort of like connects you to the bigger world. Like, how do you feel about the, I'm still trying to like unpack, you know, for lack of a better word, the whole Leia element in Obi-Wan. I I still don't know if I'm at terms with like that they had him with her all that time. And and it really does sort of change my perspective on the original trilogy a little bit. Um, I'm just trying to think of like how else they could have told the story without incorporating her into it in that way where Obi-Wan's with her and protecting her. I, I always adjust and like find the good in that stuff. But I, part of my brain is also like, what, what else could they have done right with Obi-Wan without going right and making Leia a a part of it? And now all of a sudden she had spent all this time with him. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, believe me from, from story point of view, I, I probably have the most problems with Obi-Wan because I was even going into the show being like, I don't even know what, what they're going to tell you. And like, it gets even crazier if you start to tell me they're going to do a season two. Cause I'm like, I agree. You with already that. stretched it as far as you possibly could. And I'm like, I can, I can by the stretch of my imagination, understand that this did happen in star Wars. Okay. It doesn't really line up, but that's fine. 
But you tried to tell me it, it kept going, and I, I'm going to be like, what are we doing here? You're only making shows to keep this actor hired. That's the only reason. And I felt like that beforehand, and everybody was like, you got to you gotta take advantage of those things. It'd be a shame if we, ne- you know, we never got another adventure with, but, and I'm like, but it doesn't make sense with the story. And they'll make it make sense, but at the same time, I think we're all kind of going, that's fine. You know, also, are we, are we close to like, I don't know what Ahsoka season two is going to do. I feel like I'm saying a lot of things on this podcast. People aren't going to like, but <laughs> are, are we getting to the point where it's too much Hayden Christensen? Mm, no, I don't think so. Not yet. Mm, ah, okay. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot going on and almost by the same spirit because we all, you know, uh-huh. rooting for Hayden Christensen. We love Hayden Christensen and we want him to be successful and we love that he loves being back. But it, to me, sometimes, even though a lot of this stuff makes sense with his connection with Ahsoka and of course the Obi-Wan thing, I feel yeah, like they're you know looking what? for ways to get him back in. Yeah. You know what? Ahsoka and the way they utilized Hayden Christensen makes so much more sense to me than the way that Obi-Wan did. Yeah. And I, and I, I know like, it's really easy to just say like, Oh, we just showed you a flashback, but I'm like, but the only reason you're showing me a flashback is so that you can show Hayden when he's not behind the mask. That's the only reason the flashback is there. Yeah. It's not important to the story or anything. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah you the put him behind the, the mask and he's there and there's a couple shots where it's like kind of revealed and stuff. And I'm, I'm glad that that stuff is there. But like, honestly, if you think about Star Wars and we've talked to Ignacium about my thoughts on Force Ghosts, it's like we sort of have this problem. We now have entered a world where a Force Ghost could just show up at any time. So if the actor is not around to play him anymore, then we have this like story missing element that we can't really tell anymore. And so I think that if they are going to do it the way that they did it in Ahsoka, it's like, is he there? Is he not? Well, he's sort of force ghost and he is there. And I think they, I think that actually sort of makes sense in the star Wars world. And it wasn't, didn't feel like it was written just to do it. It was, it was something that actually could have happened in Ahsoka's life and in her mind and using the force. I, yeah, absolutely. I don't know, absolutely. man. We're get, I'm getting into the details with that. Um, the other aspect that I, I wanted to talk about when, when it came to this stuff too, is like, was is Disney and Lucasfilm looking back on these shows that they have made as a success. And I think ultimately I think they're going to go like, Hey, we did it. It was great. I don't think we're going to do any more of these. Um, and I think the, I think there's a lot of reasons that go into that. I think rewatchability is a huge one. I think that people rewatch movies. They don't rewatch the shows. So they pay a lot of money, probably even about what they would pay for a movie um, for a lot of content. No, I know. You know what? (laughs) I know what you're going to say is it was, it was well below a movie. No, no, no. I think they already admitted that. Because the minute they buckled and said, all right, we're going to sell Blu-rays, that's when they said, people aren't aren't rewatching these on the service. We got to figure out a way to make more money off these shows. Uh, we're going to 
take them off the platform, give people an opportunity to buy them on Blu-ray, which gives them an, an owned on device, not on a streaming service, an owned digital copy as well, because Blu-rays come with that. Uh, I think that's that's a tell right there, saying like, we wave the white flag. You're not rewatching the Mandalorian on our service. We're going to try to. I don't think sell you these with a digital copy. Every Blu-ray comes with a digital download copy. No, you say that, but I don't. I don't know that these ones will, because there's nowhere to redeem them. There, I mean, they're out. I mean, I can look right now. But anyway, do you see what I'm saying though? That, but I can't just, buy it on iTunes, and I can't buy it on like movies anywhere or anything like that. Um, I mean, maybe you're right, but I'll I'll look real quick. But do you see in terms of just selling it though to people? Uh, is sort of admitting that that you know we have to try to recoup something from these shows, and people still buy Star Wars physical media because they yeah. like the collection, they like the bookshelf with all the volumes on it, they like the packaging, they like the artwork, all that. It's it's still it, viable, it, but it's not. I don't think. I mean, I don't think you're wrong in saying that the reason they re- they put them on Blu-ray was because they needed another way to have income from it. But I don't think anybody is sitting back being like, we need to make, we need to make more money. What's our first play? Put them on physical. Cause you're talking about like, I don't, I don't even know, man, like a hundred thousand dollars they're going to make from that. Like that's, that's nothing. A hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not a, an expert on, that's, you know, revenue that, that's assuming, sales, but. I mean, if, if you're thinking that they're going to like recoup money from this or something like that's nuts to me. I don't know. I, I know people who are going to say they would buy this, but like it really only feels like collectors or doomsdayers who are actually going to do that because at the end of the day, nobody's buying physical media. It's like collectors. This is why retailers are getting rid of it. And I don't How mean to turn it into a physical media thing, but like, it's just. I don't just, know if you're right, because how long has it been out? Like, when did they release The Mandalorian on Blu-ray? Before Christmas? And who's talking about it? But it's still. Have you even a, seen anybody like show a picture still, on Twitter that says they bought still, it? It's still, it's still ranking as a sale, as a, as a ranked, top ranked, you know, Blu-ray that's being sold now. So I know because are, nobody's buying Blu-rays. So even uh, the most popular Blu-ray is going to be number one in a group oh, of December. like it came out in not December. not high selling merchandise. But anyway, the point is that whether it's selling a lot or not is not right. the point. The point is that they said we are going to sell these because they are attempting to make more money on them because they don't see a value beyond the fact that they released them and they were hoping people would buy subscriptions to watch the show. So. They're looking for other areas to try to make some money. That's one of them. I um, think what 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 the streaming services really want is they want to create content that's going to get people to subscribe. Yes, but they want all of their content, their catalog, to keep them subscribed. And I think what they what all of the streaming services are running into is they have too many people that are subscribing and then unsubscribing. And they're they're losing those people, and the catalog is not keeping them around. So what they try to do is they're trying to consistently refresh it. Hey, don't cancel now because we're coming out with Acolyte soon. You know, don't cancel now because Skeleton Crew is coming up right after that. 
And I just, I think like people are willing to jump onto a streaming service, watch the show. Uh, usually like they, they might even like wait until it's all streaming available. They purchase for like one month and then they watch the show and then they bail. And like the streaming services are like, we don't know how to handle this. And I think one of the, the things is like Netflix, they used to launch the whole show at once and they still do they that, still but do like that. other, yeah. I know, but others that used to be the way that like, we're changing everything. And it was like ludicrous. We, we knew we're like, that's a stupid way to do it. And other services caught on and they're like, no, obviously we're just going to do week to week to week to week. And we're going to try to see if we can hold on to these people as long as we can. But my, my point with the television series thing is I, I just literally think they're spending a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money on this thing that isn't well, yeah, worth of course. what what we're they're getting out of it. Yeah, I mean, I I mentioned Andor the other day on our, our last episode. It's like two hundred and fifty plus million dollars for a twelve episode show that uh, a very niche demographic is going to watch. First off, uh, kids are not going to watch it. Um. I don't know that people are going to rewatch Andor a lot. I haven't yet. Um, I haven't rewatched Obi Wan. I haven't rewatched Boba Fett. I think the only one I've rewatched some of was Mando, and I plan on rewatching Ahsoka again, actually. Mm-hmm. But like, that's a lot of money for a show, and then they're do- they're doing this other season, which Bob Iger is probably like, oh god. And it's not that, and that doesn't mean Andor is not great. Like, I understand its quality. I think it looks incredible. I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, because they put the money into it and they got the physical sets and we all know what that's about. But in terms of its reach, it's limited and it didn't move the needle to bring more people in. As a matter of fact, I think it's the lowest, if not one of the lowest watched original series, um, specifically for Star Wars, but potentially compared to Marvel and other stuff too. So... Ultimately, from a financial perspective, Andor is a bust. But did they know that going in? Like Kathleen Kennedy's a one of the greatest movie producers of all time. She had to have had the finger on the pulse that, all right, we're making this dark Star Wars story. Yeah, it's tied to Rogue One. Rogue One made a billion dollars. But it's different. A lot different. Because we're focusing on this one character there's not a lot of the familiarity that you get in Rogue One in this show. Season two may change that. They're saying that they're going to be bringing more familiarity in because it's, you know, three episodes per year counting up to uh, the when uh, Rogue One starts. But at the same time, it's she had to have known, like, we're doing a dark Star Wars story. So families aren't going to watch it. Kids aren't going to watch it. Who's watching this? Um, They had to have known that going in that it probably wasn't going to be this big uh, subscriber changing show, but they still did it. I'm going to mention one thing, though, is like sometimes when you think about what they were thinking when they greenlit certain things is that on paper and or makes more sense than the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is. Oh, I disagree. Well, so here here you go. Here's the reason is because you have the Mandalorian, which is. Um, a word that nobody even knows what it is, right? They that that's 
that phrase. They'd never heard it before. And you're and the show is going to be based around a character that is like Boba Fett. I guess that's the best that you can come up with. But it's a character that nobody knows. And you're going to introduce a bunch of characters that nobody knows. So basically, it's completely unknown. Whereas Andor is a character who was in a recent billion-dollar movie. <laughs> he wasn't the reason it was a billion-dollar movie, though. I'm not saying you guys always say it was Darth Vader, but I'm saying regardless, you have one really main character and he's probably the second main character of that movie. No, he's the lead. If not Felicity, he's not the lead. Yeah. Felicity. I'm saying he's the lead. If not Felicity Jones. So he's not the lead. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, but you know what I'm saying though, is like, he's clearly more of the headlining character than Baze. If Jeff Bridges wasn't in the Big Lebowski, John Goodman would be the lead. Like, he, right? But like, I, but that's that's that is what I'm saying is that John Goodman and and uh, Jeff well, I, Bridges. I'm on his name. Jeff Bridges are both in that movie, but obviously Jeff Bridges is like the main character. But it's really the two of them. Yeah, Rogue One. Uh, I think it but made it a, a lot of money. Dollar movie. I'm saying they made a show about a billion dollar movie that it's no different than Moana made a billion dollars. Let's make a TV show out of Moana. I mean, yeah, that makes I, sense more yeah, than that too, a that, new that, made up I, I television. Don't, I don't show like that, that comparison. Nobody knows. I, I don't like that comparison. I don't know. That's there, there's way okay. too many nuances to that to, to make that comparison because Moana is Moana. Moana two or whatever the series is, is also Moana. The movie wasn't Andor, and then you're making an Andor series. The movie was Rogue One. Let's show you how we led up to how the first Star Wars movie happened. We're going to show you that. We're going to market it with the Death Star. We're going to market it with Darth Vader. We're going to market it with Stormtroopers. We're going to bring back Tarkin. All this familiarity. Star Star Destroyers. It's very Star Wars. And it's Mm -hmm. this whole group. They're going to steal the Death Star plans. And that's how you're going to understand the first Star Wars movie better. And it was a very well-made movie. It was off the heels off of The Force Awakens, which everyone loved. So it, there was a lot going for it, a lot of great momentum. And then they say, we're going to take that one of the characters from that movie and we're going to make a show about him. And I don't think you can say Rogue One made a billion dollars because of Diego Luna or because of Cassian Andor. I, th- that character, he was great love him would never want it changed but it could have been someone else rogue uh, one still that, would have made and that's money why my draft is way better than yours <laughs> oh no you want to go back to that please stop because you're underappreciating diego luna as an actor i didn't say that no you I, did you I said it could have been anybody else it could have been another character yeah it didn't have to be Cassian Andor. It didn't have to be that actor. You could have gotten someone else, put him in that spot. Rogue One still would have made a billion dollars. I don't think Cassian Andor moved the needle on why people want to go see Rogue One. He didn't exist before. They didn't know who he was. People weren't walking out of Rogue One saying like, you know what though? That yeah, but guy, a movie doesn't make a billion dollars unless people guy, go see it, they like it, and they keep going back and back and back and back. That No one went back to see Rogue One because of Diego Luna. Come on. Can we be real for like three minutes? He was great. Love a minute. What did they go back was- for then? The Darth Vader scene at the end? That's what well, you think movie, they went for? The whole movie. They didn't go back for yeah. one character's performance. I don't think anybody goes back to see a Star Wars movie 
maybe save Adam Driver for some people. But I don't think people go back to see a Star Wars movie for one actor. No one was like, I really got to go back and see. Uh, but how do you spin off of Rogue One? You have a billion dollar franchise. What are you going to do? I mean, you don't have to do anything. You have to take one of the lead characters and write a story around them. Do you have to? Did they Never have mind. to make Andor? <laughs> Never no, mind. No, what I'm saying, did they have did they have to tell the story of Andor? You you at the same time are saying they didn't have to tell the Obi-Wan story. I agree with you there too. They didn't have to. But I could say the exact same thing about Andor. We didn't need to know anything more about Cassian Andor. I love but it. I think it's no, great. I'm not I, I'm actually not saying that about Obi-Wan. Uh, what I'm saying about Obi-Wan is that the story doesn't make any sense. Like you made up a, a fake story and or a story is unwritten. You can go back. You can be like, where was this guy five years ago? Maybe it matters. Maybe it doesn't. But at least we don't know what he was doing and what he was up to. I know exactly what Obi-Wan was up to. They That's already fair. told me. And That's now they're fair. rewriting the story to try to That's make fair. it work. That's, That's why I'm fair. saying his story doesn't even make sense. But Andrew's story, it's, it's yeah, do we need it? Do we not? I think the argument is, hey, we have a movie that made a billion dollars. Do you think we could turn that into a TV series? And someone's like, yes, let's do it. But they didn't. <laughs> okay. It's Cheers. So Andor is more closely related to Obi-Wan than it, it is to Rogue One? It's Cheers and then it's Frasier. You're taking one character from that ensemble, plucking him out and saying, all right, now we're going to tell a story with him. It's not, you know, you can't say Rogue One made a billion dollars. So, and and this guy was the reason because he wasn't. Andor is the Rogue One TV show. It's the same tone and everything. They took I that, understand, that movie I, and made it into a show. I understand that, but it's not like I think, and I could be wrong, but I feel like you're trying to tell me the justification to make the Andor series is because of Rogue One's success. Which, to me, the logical conclusion there would be, be it's because of Diego Luna. And, I, I mean, it's just no, not the case. I'm so. not necessarily saying it's because of Diego Luna, but I'm saying, like, they need if you, if you are propositioned with saying, hey, we have a billion-dollar movie and we need to turn it into a TV show, I think the only logical choice is to either go with Felicity Jones' character and tell her backstory or go with Cassian Andor's character and tell his backstory. Because I don't know what else you could do unless you wanted to create a completely new character and just talk about building up to the rebellion and maybe Cassian and Saw and stuff are part of it. Right. Um, but I mean, but otherwise then, but that doesn't even feel that feels again, like my argument for the Mandalorian is you're getting into like, why create a new character? No one's ever heard of before when you could pluck a character that they've already seen in the billion dollar movie the, multiple times because people went over and over and over and saw that movie. Not to say that people know who Andor is. Believe me, when an Andor was announced, I had to explain to so many people who that even was. But I know yeah, like, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. Diehard fans know who Andor is. Um, right. My brother doesn't know who he is. He'd be like, "Oh, which and, which and one?" I understand was he? that. Yeah, which one was not, he? Which one? Yeah. I'm like the guy. The guy who had the the droid. He's like, "Oh, okay, that guy." That's right. the general fan that that Bob Iger needs to watch this stuff. Like, I'm not talking about me. And to be clear, you know that's why you gotta. Be, I gotta be careful with this stuff. I'm not saying they shouldn't have made Andor, or I don't like it. I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought Cassie Andor, 
as a character was great. I thought Diego Luna did an awesome job. My thing was, what was the goal in making it? And I'm not here to like dig at Andor, but it's like it cost the most money out of any of the live action Star Wars shows, had the lowest viewership, I believe, still to this day. And it clearly didn't add subscribers because they've been losing subscribers since. So you have to look at Andor as like, all right, we had this show that um, is maybe the benefit that it will do for the benefit it will give to Star Wars is it'll show that they can make serious Star Wars and prestige Star Wars or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's fine. But moving forward, if Bob Iger is sitting here saying, you know, we're, we're taking pulling Moana off of Disney Plus and we're bringing that back to theaters, Lando was announced officially as a streaming series and now the writers who just took over one of them being the lead is making that into a movie now like they're they're changing everything so i don't think we're going to get any more andors i'd be surprised if we even get any more um closer to the tree or closer to the tree of george lucas like nostalgia based live action shows I, I don't know what they're going to do with the future of Star Wars on live action because they haven't announced anything else. No. And so that's at least far off. And it may depend on how these movies do. Because like you said, to your point, yeah, they could, like say the Mangold movie crushes and it does great and it's like one of the best Star Wars movies. Maybe they take, you know, we joke about Ethan Hawke's character or whatever and they're like, all right, Let's do a show about that guy. That could still be the future, but I think now what they're doing is instead of, um, you know, focusing on Disney Plus as, you know, this is going to be our product now, which is the, it was the life raft for a while, and it was a good timing because of the pandemic and everything. Um, they're realizing we got to make money on this stuff. We have to go to the theaters. I don't know what that does for Disney Plus. As tepid as my reaction has been um, to five years of Star Wars live action on TV. I love it. I'm so glad we got it and I enjoy all of it. I just didn't think it lived up to the standard that I hold for Star Wars. And I'll admit, I hold Star Wars at a very high standard because I love it so much. And I know that it was always the thing that like shocked me and surprised me at how good it was. Like watching The Phantom Menace, I was like, the pod race. I'm like, this is blowing my mind. I've never seen anything like this before. I'd never... I don't think I felt that once watching any of the Star Wars Disney Plus things. So I have to hold it by that standard. So while I've enjoyed it so much, and I still do, and I'm glad we have it, um, I don't know that I am as excited about it as I was five years ago today in 2019 looking forward to that new Mandalorian show. Does that make sense? Movie. No, I mean five years ago today. Oh, I was looking forward to this new Mandalorian show. Mandalorian that was show, in. yeah. Because you know what I'm I, I think I think TV kind of stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like I really do think that like people think that what they're gonna get out of TV is like they're like oh it's basically like I remember we were talk we used to say that about the shows that were coming out on Disney Plus that we don't anymore. We used to be like I can't believe we get like another 
half of a Star Wars movie tomorrow. Yeah. Like another hour yeah. of Star Wars content just drops tomorrow, just out of nowhere. And and a couple episodes into that system, we were already like, oh yeah, there's another one coming out tomorrow. Like it wasn't, we didn't feel like we were getting a half of a movie every we're, week. We're entitled, I get it. Yeah, it's a, it's a different time. It's a different world. But, and- I'm, but, I'm, but what I'm saying is we never should have thought that. Like it, it felt that way. And it's not that we've like, we're jaded now and we should still feel that way. I don't feel like we ever should have felt that way because I, I, I just, it logistically, like it doesn't really even make sense to me. Like we use the Andor thing as the example. We said there's 12 episodes. They're doing two seasons. So 24 episodes, 24 episodes, let's call them an hour long, but they're not really. So that would be, um, 24 hours of content, but let's back that off because they're not all. But so let's say 20 hours of content. 20 hours of content is 10 two-hour movies. They could have done oh. 10 Star Wars movies or two seasons of Andor. And maybe the money doesn't make sense. Maybe you're like, well, we'll no, you know, yeah, exactly. or whatever. That's where but, it's different. But and, and I get that. But also at the same time, like I don't feel like Andor, but we we praise it mostly on the fact that like they did make it work. It felt very real. They used the practical and they did the, the special effects when they needed to, but it was all- Let me ask you this. I felt a lot like when I was watching Andor's, it was one of the shows that actually successfully always pulled off how real it did feel. And so it makes me kind of wonder like, well, then why can't you just do 10 movies at that budget, but do it right? Yeah. So when I compare the live action Star Wars to other live action TV shows, I overall, I don't think the Star Wars shows look as good. Um, And it's just a bummer. But I understand like it's easier to make an earthy real world show on live action than this fantastical galaxy. So that's all a big part of it too. But it's also, I wonder if this went into a part of their decision as well, not just the money element, but the mystique and aura and respect that Star Wars gets. Because, again, you know, protecting brands, and Bob Iger keeps saying that. He's going to protect my IPs. We're going to lean on them. We're going to focus on them. We're going to make them precious again. And I feel Mm -hmm. like the mystique and aura of Star Wars took a hit a bit when people are like watching an episode of The Mandalorian. They're like, "This this is George Lucas's Star Wars? Like, really? Or they're watching like, you know, uh, Obi-Wan and they're like, what? Like, why didn't they de-age that guy? He looks like he's 42 years old. He's supposed to be 20. Like, what are we doing? Uh, you know, it's like head scratchers like that, that I don't think ever would have passed 15 years ago or whatever. And I know I'm sounding like starting to sound like a hater on it, but I, I, I just, know, I you wa- also, you also say that, but then like you have like uncanny Valley Jar Jar Binks walking around. Mm, in 99, that's different compared to today, though. You know, like I know it is compared to ago. But I think a lot of people still went into that and they were like, why does this like thing that like I think people didn't react well to it even then? But like it was like time, a technological advancement. I get exactly. it. Exactly. There you I go. Know. But that's what we're talking about with the the volume. And you're saying, I don't think these these would cut it. And I'm like, well, the reason they're not cutting it is because this is literally bleeding edge technology that we're using. Well, Hayden Christensen's face 
not being the hey Genobi one has nothing to do with the volume. They just didn't have budget to do it, or they didn't care to do it. You know, that, and that's I mean, stuff, and that's if, true. If, you, if you're but also this- like when the, when the faces don't work exactly, again, that does come back to like bleeding edge technology. Like but this we, is where we're at currently, but and then, sometimes they did make it work. But, but then in Ahsoka, I thought they did a great job with him. So it's like they can do it, but they cut certain corners for the Obi Wan show to make the budget work. And they're like, we don't have the budget to use for Hayden here. We got to do the best we can. Let us know what you can do. And we got to roll with it. Either that or it's on the director, Deborah Chow. They get final call on final mm-hmm. cut, what final visual effects. Maybe she was like, I think he looks great. It's, it, I just, our purpose here is to tell this story. I don't know. I'm not in the yeah. room. My point is, and I, it's like my analogy, like when I talk about the Yankees, it's like, yeah, I want them to have a new manager and I, I crap on the manager all the time. Uh, but it's because I want the Yankees to win the World Series. I want the Yankees to be great. And that's how I think about Star Wars. I love Star Wars very much. I enjoy everything and I look for the best in all of the stuff that they put out. But some of the stuff, if if we don't, as fans, speak out to some of the things, we're going to keep getting fed that because Disney's going to be like, oh, the fans said they loved Obi-Wan? Then we don't need to worry about de-aging characters. We don't need to bother spending money on that. They love it. We're just going to keep doing that. It's okay for fans to voice opinions. And the la- like. my last thought on this, because I know we don't have much time, is the Sonic thing. I'm not saying listen to fans all the time, but look at Sonic now. It's le- a legit movie franchise. And if they didn't listen to fans and change how Sonic, lo- Sonic looked, we could have been looking at one of the biggest busts of all time from an animated film perspective. Because... The character didn't look like Sonic. It looked horrible. People were like, this looks terrible. They listened to fans. They changed it. And now we're talking about spinoffs. The movies had multiple sequels. It's like you do have to listen to your fans sometimes. I'm not saying all the time, but they are your customer. And you're charging them prices and they're giving you money for a service. I think it's okay for fans to speak out when things aren't okay. It doesn't make you a hater. It just means that you're passionate about things. There's healthy ways to critique things. And I think, you know, that's what we do here. I know there's other people who handle things in a much more aggressive and hateful way. But I think it's okay sometimes to be like, you know what? I enjoyed the Obi-Wan series. I'm glad you and McGregor came back. I'm glad Hayden Christensen came back. But some of that show really was a misfire. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, I wish I knew a little bit more. I feel like sometimes some of my opinions are like, and I feel like this is across the fandom. Like we constantly are like, I don't know why they don't just blank. And it's like, (laughs) probably because there's a very logical reason why they don't just blank, you know, whatever it is. But I mean, you bring up the Sonic thing and I think it's interesting. Like, okay, you have, you have uh, Sonic 1 is very successful. Sonic 2, not as successful, still very successful though. And then now the third thing that they're doing is a Knuckles TV series for Paramount Plus. And it's like, okay, so let me get this straight. Now you're not, you don't even have your title character anymore. You're doing a spinoff character for a lesser known character and you're making more content longer than two hours long or longer than 90 minutes, even probably because the Sonic movies were probably a little bit shorter than a, a, a two hour run. But like you're making almost like three movies about knuckles 
in hopes that people are going to sign up to Paramount Plus and stick around during that time or whatever. And I'm like, I just can't understand the logic of this. And the only thing that holds me up to that is go, okay, but this is direct to consumer. They, they can spend $100,000 making it and then just release it on their platform. And they've spent no more extra money dealing with how they have to give um, the exhibitors 50% of that, you know, cost or whatever. Like whenever well, you release a movie to theaters, you also have to pay the theaters <clears> to <throat> stay in business and run the movie and all this other of stuff. So it's like, I, I sort of under, I sort of get that, that they're like, Oh, Disney is moving forward with Disney plus and Bob Iger's like, we're just going to be direct to consumer. We're going to create the same content and we're just going to give it right to you. And we'll save money, not having to release movies in theaters. But I'm like, but it, it seems strange to me. I I don't know how the maths add up. And I'm like, it, I know what I'm paying for Disney Plus, and that probably is more money every month than I was spending to go to theaters to see Disney movies. I I need to correct you real quick, right? About Sonic. So, but there's a caveat. So the Sonic Sonic One made 320 million. Sonic Two made 400. Oh, it made more. 405. But Sonic One came out mid late January 2020 a month before the pandemic hit okay this is probably what I'm thinking of then like it probably didn't make a lot of money but I think like it was well received and it probably got a lot of reports of like this movie would have done and the budget 800 million if the not budgets, for the budgets for both were just under 100 million dollars too right and Sonic 3 is coming out at the end of this year Oh, is Sonic 3 coming out? In December. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I didn't know I didn't know so Sonic. Show, I thought their next move was the show. I mean, their next move is the show, but I thought it was like they're going to test that and then But I know we're getting in the weeds here on it, but you know, I think having a respect for, you know, your audience is important for these old school franchises like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog came out in like 91 or whatever. You know, I was a kid and I remember playing Sonic and, you know, that stuff is important because those people who like the nostalgia are going to say like, this looks good. I'm bringing my kids to it. And then it becomes the next big thing. Um, and like how that Mario movie looked really good. I, I haven't seen all of it, but I, I mean, when you get things right, people will go, you know, check the stuff out. Now, we'll see what happens with the future of Star Wars on Disney+. Plus. We'll see what happens with everything on Disney Plus. It's not just Star Wars. Like we were talking about, Moana's shifting too. Um, I'm glad we got the five years uh, these past five years, and I'm glad we got the series we got. And I think it is going to eventually have a lasting impact on the story of Star Wars. I think Mando's huge for that. Grogu, of course. I think Andor is a really good story too. Obi Wan, I'm not sure. Uh, Boba Fett, I'm not sure. Um, and Ahsoka to be determined because there's more to the story. So I feel like it's sort of from a story perspective, it's it's both. Um, but ultimately, I'm glad we got it because it, it still has been entertaining. It just maybe didn't live up to what the standard that I had for Star Wars. And I, you know, I have a quick question for you. Like, if I'm thinking about why do I subscribe to Disney Plus, I actually think that the access to old movies 
and I'm going to throw this in there as well. The, when new movies eventually come to Disney plus, like recently the Marvels Indiana is now, Jones. Yeah. Indiana Jones or something like that. A big movie that came out in theaters does eventually make it onto the platform. I think I have Disney plus more for that reason than I do for anything that they create original property on Disney plus because the, the two things that I care about for original property on Disney plus is star Wars and Marvel. And both of them, I feel like if they just never did that stuff and just actually did different things that were released in theaters, I would be fine. I don't need the Marvel shows. I don't need the star Wars shows, but I want those things to still exist. And I'm fine with them existing only in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. So long as eventually those things also come to Disney plus and then you get in that other argument too. I know about the physical media and stuff. Like I want to be able to buy it or whatever. But for me personally, I, I think I buy, I buy into Disney plus as a, as a service mostly because of the catalog that I have access to whenever I want it. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, like I buy Spotify for the access. I don't buy Spotify because there are Spotify exclusive releases, which yeah. don't exist. But you get what I'm saying. If yeah, like even Joe Rogan's not exclusive to Spotify anymore. His new um, deal, he's going to be able to be distributed to other platforms. Oh right, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I'm. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's you mean a good music. Point. Yeah, I, th- that doesn't exist right now. I'm actually sort of surprised it doesn't it doesn't exist that more people wouldn't be like subscribe up to Spotify because you know so and so's album Taylor Swift's new album will only be on Spotify you know or something like that. That that's crazy, but it's plausible because we already do that elsewhere. But anyway, if that world turned into that, I don't think I would really be swayed one way or the other on, on any sort of streaming music service. I think what I would do is I would just want, I just want what we have now, which is the reason I buy it is because I just want access to the stuff, the library that already exists. Yeah. I'm glad they, anyway. they did it. And I will, we'll see if they make more live action series, but um, I'm glad they did it versus not having done it. And I think they are realizing though that Star Wars probably does belong in the theaters and if they're able to put more resources into those movies while not having to worry about doing movies and shows and they could put all their best talent behind the scenes, crew, special effects, everything into the movies. Uh, I think that's the good way to go. Yeah. I literally think like I, 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 feel 2020, like, I realize that, but I feel like we would be happier as fans right now if we were looking currently at what Disney had done and they had done, you know, the sequel trilogy rogue one solo, but they also released three Mandalorian movies, an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, an acolyte movie, a skeleton oh, movie, yeah. a Boba I Fett know. movie. You know what I mean? And I, they're, yeah. they're not shows. They just did them as movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The two, two, uh, there's a rogue one. And then there was two like rogue one esque shows, you know, or what are movies? I mean, you know, yeah. it's like, I just feel like we would be happier because we'd have these this large catalog of movies that we can revisit at any time, and we all would have went and saw them and and talked about them and and it not like, like have to like stretch the conversation over it, three months. It sounds like that's where they're going, man. And that you yeah. know we keep scratching our head about like when are all these movies going to come out? It wouldn't shock me if you know all of a sudden we start seeing more release dates pop up because they're not 
doing some of the stuff on Disney Plus anymore. Untitled um, Star Wars property, December 2026. <laughs> here we go. Ray Skywalker. We'll see you then, hopefully. Anyway, um, good chat uh, for sure. I'm curious what everyone thinks. A little spiciness there, but I think honest evaluation. And I think if you blast her to, to people's head, uh, I would guess that a lot of people have those types of feelings about some of this stuff. But either way, it's Star Wars and we love it. And uh, we hope for, for more good stuff ahead. Um, so we want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Thank you very much for checking out the show. Uh, we hope your week is off to a great start. Uh, we do want to say a special thank you. We talked about Patreon at the top. If you are able to support us, thank you very much. Uh, check out the site, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. $5 start you off uh, at the first tier. And that immediately grants you access to all of our additional bonus content. We have exclusive mini episodes of the podcast on there. A lot of cool stuff. Check it out. Uh, and we, we just did our chat last week with our admirals, generals, and spice runners. It was a live yeah. convert, not yeah. live, like public live, but like we all got in a chat room together. We get and together talk. and hang. Yeah. It's uh, always a good time. Um, and what are we talking a lot about? Of- so much stuff. A t- a ton of M- stuff movies and all sorts of stuff yeah. food movies theme parks yeah, yeah. uh halloween horror nights at universal <laughs> yeah it's like hanging out with friends um but we'd be remiss if we didn't thank our generals and spice runners uh so we have generals carmelo john reese jetta rosewater frank grande nick kratz chris morales brian smith matt chitty danny mike ramori brendan mclaughlin sneaky zebra colin cormier dave hornack and Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, and the Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and the Fort Worthy. And all of our patrons, all of our listeners, however you're with TRB, thank you. Uh, for me, Johnny Hoey on social media and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Uh, we're putting out an episode on Black Dynamite uh, this week. Uh, James, how about you? Well, we all knew the, the Roman god of Mars... <laughs> or you know what I do you know what I'm talking about? No. That's my that's my favorite scene from that movie. I, I I don't know, I can't quote it, but it's always like he's like, follow me here. And he takes him on this like ridiculous tangent of how to get from like A to Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A to B, but it's <laughs> yeah. not A to B, it's like A to Z, and he has to walk everybody through every step, and it's just like ridiculous. <laughs> he's like the Goman, the Roman god of of uh Mars, and then he's like, reverse it. <laughs> it's like, like a oh, it's ridiculous. Thing. Yeah, that movie's yeah. great. Like, um, Richard, yeah, yeah, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, you can find me on uh, all social media platforms at Myra Trunks, yes, and uh, Lacey at Lacey Gillerin. And we will be back with you on Thursday night to talk more star wars news and who else, who knows what else is going to pop up but we hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time right here on trb see you around kids <laughs>